Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael and Jackie Russo. Our guest today, and I know I say this every time, every time I'm like, oh, our guest is so great, but y'all really legit. Dr. Gene is awesome. You are going to learn some things you did not know. You are going to learn about the caveman brain. You are going to learn how to get better results. You are going to learn how to focus on something that's holding you back from successful business growth. And you're going to get a few laughs and chuckles along the way. So I think win-win, come on in. And I think you're going to enjoy this. Michael, did you not love this conversation? I absolutely did. Now she was great. I mean, there's, you know, and we've had like a string of really good guests lately. And, um, and she was definitely uh, one of those. She just, um, some people just invoke trust, you know, like I believe in what she's saying and it's not just her credentials or her background or experience. It's just how she talks. I can see her being great in a room with anybody. I want to hang out with her. Absolutely. I mean, no offense to all my current best friends, but I think I have a new best friend now. What, what, What part of the country was she from? New Jersey. New Jersey, right. Yeah. I wonder if she knows Jonathan. I was going to ask, but that seemed weird because I think there's like 15 million people in that state. So. I know, but you know, you never know. You never know. I'll ask her. I'll send her an email because we're best friends now. And without further ado, joining us today, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jean. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for being here because, you know, we talked a little bit kind of backstage before we got started about your career trajectory, which kind of aligns with ours in a lot of ways, but more importantly with the work you've been doing that I think is going to be fascinating to our listeners. So, I mean, I want to just jump right into it. Tell me about the caveman brain business growth system, what it is, how does it work? How do we get it today? (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because as a marketer, you really want to start to kind of build up. We're just going to go to the end result. I can't help it. I'm so excited about it. I want to know more. (laughs) I'm always about getting the end result. So so it starts with caveman brain, which is your amygdala. Think of um, fight, flight, or freeze. It's our internal protection system. And there was a point in my business where I was not getting any better in my company. And I thought to myself, how the heck am I getting better? So I hired four coaches. I truly believe in coaching. I think coaching is really so much better than training and reading a book. I want to learn from people and move forward. And I hired a Harvard neuroscientist to tell me what was wrong with my head. And he informed me that my amygdala was keeping me small. So uh, caveman, and I called it caveman brain because of branding. You can't say amygdala all the time. And I probably even butcher it when I do say it. So how do I uh, be able to explain this phenomenon that I was experiencing to my clients and then to eventually potential clients? So the, so the idea behind that is that once you uh, understand what your caveman brain is and how it works and how it's holding you back, then the what happens is in the business growth system is we teach you all of that. And then we teach you how to use your caveman brain to propel yourself forward in your business so that you have more growth and you feel good about doing it. Okay. That is awesome. And just um, for our listeners at home, um, tell us a little bit about your background. I'm reading it right now, and it sounds fascinating. The fact that you uh, business psychology, a PhD in business psychology. How did that all happen? Well, once I figured out how to fix me, 
And I, all the things that we teach in the system are all things that I do every single day myself as a business owner. And I was teaching all my clients and then developed a system. I thought, well, again, if you think about branding and marketing, I needed a little street cred. So I decided that I would get, I had a master's already in organizational development, which I had been using for a long period of time when I started my company and running my company. So I thought to myself, well, I should get a PhD because that's pretty good street cred because you know about your brain when you decide to get a PhD and what better way to get it into business psychology, because that's really what I do every day is help companies figure out how to use their brain power to get to where they want to go. So I decided to do that. Yes. And I will tell you this. Um, I My result was to do it in three years. It took me three and a half because of the pandemic. So I was a little ang- anxi- like angry at myself that I didn't do as quickly as I should have. Slacker. And You're a slacker. I, I was a slacker. Right? I know. And, and was inter- yeah, well, you know, and, and what was interesting is I was Jean the results queen. When I started my PhD, when I got it, I became Dr. Jean the results queen. It was interesting. I was not interested in telling people I was Dr. Jean. I was just interested in being Gene Results Queen, because I thought that's really who I am. And I and my clients, my colleagues were like, Dr. Gene. I was like, who is this girl? Like, like, who is this new brand that I am of Dr. Gene the Results Queen? And now I'm just Dr. Gene. I'm not even the Results Queen anymore. So that's kind of what happened after a while. Is and I'm really glad I got a PhD in business psychology. I really think education is important for women. Uh, it helps you move forward. It's help, it's good for men too. Being Dr. Gene. Is she's a cool chick. I like her. <laughs> she's, a nice, she's a nice avatar I play on television, you know, in podcasts and such. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the rhyming, and I'm sure you know what part of the brain it is that triggers that in us. Uh, but Dr. Jean, the results queen, is somebody I want to hire. Like, come on. <laughs> That just feels like you could be the the tidy up queen. You you could be the reorganize my client queen. You could be any kind of queen you want, but results queen just has a ring to it. So interesting is that my clients would say to me, Gene, you're just like the queen of results. You should, you, 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 I can't believe how results, how many results you've gotten in the business. It's been so excited. You should be the queen of results. So I was like, okay, I'll be queen of results. And I called up my IP lawyer because I think everything should be IP'd. And I said, okay, I'm going to be queen of results. And he's like, yeah, I don't think so. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, I think you should be the results queen. And I was like, why? And he goes, because Jean, the results queen is so much cooler than Jean, queen of results. And I was like, well, okay. So we went out and registered market. And <laughs> that's how I, but it was really my clients. My clients crowned me the results queen. They really were all about how do you get results? And it was interesting. I spoke to a colleague after I had registered mark results queen about seven years later, I had, and he called me, he's like, I haven't spoken to you in so long, but man, results queen totally fits you. I was like, I know it's all about getting a result at the end of the day. What? You hire a consulting, you hire a coach. If you don't get a result, then why the heck are you doing wasting the time and money? It's so funny. Um, for the longest time in our in our main um, office room over there, we have results po- posted over our door um, in big letters. That used to be our kind of a mantra that we hung our hat on. It was like, look, we're you know we're not about award shows and trophies and stuff. We're, we're about getting results for our clients, and and we've kind of always had that in the back pocket of, of what we do. And uh, I love the fact that you're talking about um, psychology of it all because you know. There's so much of that that goes into this stuff. And we are an untrained psychologist here um, with no pedigree at all. But we're constantly <laughs> digging into to, to the, um, the psychographics of people and, and how they operate. And not just, you know, that, that demographic number, but who that person is, you know, what motivates them? What 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 is their pain every day that, that you're going to bring to them as, as a brand or a product or a, a service? 
Well, when you're growing your business, if you don't know your ideal target client, like your science project, remember like when we were all in fourth grade and we had to do like a project on whales and we knew everything about whales, it's the same thing in marketing. Like you got to know exactly who your person is and how they think and how they feel and like what's their pain points. And you got to be able to even recognize them like across from the airport, like they're right there. That's my, my person. And I think most people don't spend that time and energy to do that. Absolutely. We had, um, it reminds me, there was a guy in Jackie, I remember his name, was it Roy Williams? Mm-hmm. The Wizard of Ads. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, no. The Wizard of Ads in Texas. Yeah, he's in Austin. And um, and when I, we first started out, I went to a conference there. He has a, like this castle. He's real into um, Don Quixote stuff. And anyway, um, down there, but he travels around and works with radio stations on how to write radio spots. And I, I don't know how successful that is or not, but he obviously made a made an empire out of it. But um, and the Wizard of Ads, I thought was always kind of kitschy, but I kind of learned so much from him as a copywriter early on. And he focused a lot on the mental side of things. And he would talk about, um, and I'm again, my my science language just make me sound foolish, but uh, <laughs> but he has, uh, he said that there was something about the frontal lobe or something like that where information comes in, right? And as the information comes in, it's only stored there for a second before something else pushes it on. And you have to have something in there more memorable, a hook of some kind that makes it stay longer. And that's the whole point of, of you know, a sticky advertising where it kind of it remains special. So he would throw in things like, you know, throw a gorilla in your ad or something different, you know, and a lot of that can be taken <laughs> way too far, you know, but I always love that idea of putting something memorable or something that a shift, you know, we talk, we call it changing the conversation here where we're going to change it from what you expect. And that's going to make it linger a little bit longer. I love that. We, when I started at Ogilvy, it was all about babies and puppies. You got to put a baby mm-hmm. and a puppy into your ad because you have to make people remember you by a baby or a puppy. <laughs> so gorilla, we wouldn't have that. <laughs> yeah, but a baby or puppy, absolutely. And what's interesting oh. is you made you made a head a key, what we call a caveman brain hedge. So often, and you don't. What's interesting about caveman brain is you don't even know it when you do it. But when you do it, it can put. Um, it gives uh, an indication to the person across the table where you're coming from. So you're like, so this might sound silly in my non-scientific way of being. Like That's a hedge. Uh, we often say, don't do those hedges because you didn't need to tell that. I've never read this, the book or the story and you got a lot out of it as a copywriter, which that's amazing. So it's your experience, it's your witnessing. So I, we often say in terms of those kind of hedges, those even those little things can prevent you from being more successful in your business or when talking to other people. So don't do those hedges. Doctor, just let me know how much I owe you at the end of the session. I, um, I, I, I love it. This is like great therapy here. Well, I am a business psychologist, so you know it does it does kind of go hand in hand. And what's interesting because the caveman brain wants to make sure that you are protected. It does, the whole idea is that it does that you don't die. That's it. It's constantly scanning the horizon, looking for danger. So we say things that are not definitive because if we said it definitively, we would be dead. Challenge is that there's not really a lot that's going to kill us nowadays. Like when we were cave people, it was the saber-toothed tigers and other things that would jump out of us and pounce on us and kill us. But nowadays, it really isn't. So the hedges really don't help you. As you might as well be definitive and say, this is how it is. And then I could have thought to myself, well, he sounds kind of silly because I know the scientific term. I'd be like, oh, no, I didn't care about that part. I was like, this is so cool. Like, love that. Jackie's loving this right now. I am loving it because you say the things that I like saying, but he doesn't listen to me, but he's totally listening to you. Like he's buying into it right now. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you this is so interesting. My daughter is, is a competitive equestrian. And uh, I've learned through um, 
being with her and, and all the horses that she's ridden, that it's often the voice you can hear. So the story I tell is this. When you jump a horse over a fence, it's the same process, no matter how high the fence is or what type of horse you have. And I remember trucking my kid up with the horse and the trainer to an Olympian barn. And now my kid is riding around in this Olympian's barn and doing all the things that she was not doing with the trainer. Now I turn to the trainer and say to the trainer, you know, you've been yelling at my kid for six months to tell her to do all this stuff. She's on that horse six minutes with this Olympian. How come it's different? And he said to me, different voice. And what's interesting about that is that I always think to myself, it's all the same stuff. Right. It's just what voice can you hear to implement it? Right. Different voice. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, my, my son's a big baseball player. He plays in college right now. And he uh, called, he was home the for the break and we we were working out and I was telling him some things and told him over and over again. And he called me the other day and had this eureka moment where, Hey, coach just told me this. I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds familiar. It was the exact same thing I said. <laughs> not, 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 yeah, he's definitely smarter than I am, but Oh wait, did I just hedge myself? I'm sorry. That you just said, you just said yourself. <laughs> yep, there you go. Cause he's smarter than I am. How do you know that? Right? Yeah. No, it's, it's just a different voice. And it's what voice can you hear at the time that you get the information? But it's really part of my works. charm. It's part of my charm, Dr. Jean. I'm trying to <laughs> be disarming. You're already disarming, sweetheart. You don't need anything else other than that. <laughs> I'm totally outmatched right now. Jackie, jump in and save me. Oh, Sorry. save you. I'm going to add two weights to you and push you under. <laughs> Sorry. Are you kidding? I Sorry. See, so here's the, here's how girls act. Sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry. No, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> he deserves what? all of it and more. <laughs> he seems like such a nice guy and he's an he a nice man. guy. No, he's a great guy, but he needs some of this feedback right now that he's getting. I love this. Sorry. Nope, look, sorry again. You know, no, like, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. No, sorry. There are no sorries in podcasting. Like, no, there's no crying I, look, in baseball. <laughs> we've raised the one boy and three girls. And the one thing that I've never had to teach the boy, but the girls and I've had to talk about a lot is no sorries. No sorries. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. There's, no There's a reason. great YouTube video where the people are ordering a Diet Coke and they all talk about, oh, sorry, you don't have it with ice or you're sorry, I can't have one of the, oh my God. So it's, it's how women are raised. It's really interesting. Yeah, I know, so, I'm not a fan of that though. Neither am I, to be perfectly honest. We should not so. apologize for our existence. No, you shouldn't. Not at all. No, I agree with that. So, okay. How do you work with companies? Like, do you come in and do an assessment and figure out how, um, what year BC is their caveman brain? And then how do you work <laughs> through evolving them to modern times? Oh, I love that. I, I'm definitely going to steal that. I'm going to tell Please you that do. right now. I, that Please was, do. that was hot. I'm going to just tell you, you. <laughs> that was you. hot. Uh, so what's interesting is, uh, I don't do an assessment. And, and, it's, and I talked about this on another podcast is that I think if consultants have to do an assessment, you're paying money for them to tell you, for you to be told what their challenges are. To me, when I see you and a company or, I, or when you start to talk to me about that, we actually teach something called the six killer questions uh, when you do business development. And what's interesting is you can use these six killer questions any place in your life. Yes, I will give them to you. Just give me two seconds. And the reason why they're called six killer questions is because I um, had been using lots of different questions when I was out doing business development. And I 
couldn't remember all of them. So I boiled it down to six questions and then I taught them to my clients and my clients are like, these are killer questions. Okay. Now they're called the six killer questions. Uh, and there's a bonus as well. So the first one is what made you decide to meet with me today? Cause I need to understand what you, any of I know, I want you to articulate it. Second thing is what challenges are you facing? And I should be able to know all the challenges that you face in your organization. And this is interesting because you can use it when your family, you can use it with your friends, you can use it with your teams. So like, what challenges are we facing today? What challenges do we need to talk about? So what challenges are you facing and what outcomes do you hope to achieve? Because we always think about results at the end of the day. So what outcomes do we want to achieve? And the next one is, uh, how is the decision going to be made for us to work together? So how is the decision going to be made for us to get to the outcome we want if I'm talking to a team? So how, so, and this, that's the question people kind of blow through because they don't want to know how the decision's made and then they end up in the chase. And then we say, what concerns, if any, do you have? And the if any is the most important part because if you say, what concerns do you have, then caveman brain will find concerns. So what concerns, if any, do you have? And then we ask, well, when would you like to get started? Which a lot of our clients push back on that. Well, you're asking for the sale. I'm like, no, I'm asking a timing question. When do you right. want to get this done? Now you're back. Okay. Um, I counted six. Did you say there were six or did you say there there's were seven? Si there's six with six. a bonus okay. question. Okay. And the six killer questions you can actually download from our website, uh, cavemanbrain.com. So you don't even have to write them down. But the bonus question and the bonus question is a date and time. Let, would you be willing to put a date and time on the calendar so that we can continue the conversation or I can follow up with you? And most people don't ask for that question. So we really think about changing it to seven killer questions, but it's been six for a long time. So we sell it six and a bonus. Now I like six and a bonus. Everybody wants a bonus. Yeah. It's six and a bonus. Yeah. So, so when, so we teach people things like that, whether it's through leadership training or through business development, structure, strategy, the whole idea is what result are you looking for? And when you start to think about business growth and what you want to get, it, sometimes it's really, I need to increase my sales right? Something simple as that. But it might be something like, I need to get organized and have a better structure and get my team to be where it needs to be. So you might need to work on that. And the idea is like, how do you do it from a psychology point of view to get the results you're looking for in a very simple, easy, rememberable way? That's how it works. I love everything about that. Thanks. Um, you know, I, I saw that your mission was to leave you better than I found you. And that mm -hmm. was very impactful to me because, you know, we've traveled a lot with the kids over the years. And so we always talk about leaving a place better than we find it, whether we're you know going to the beach or staying in somebody else's Airbnb or, or whatever it might be, but to leave a person better than we find them, that is a very unique spin on it. Uh, it's how I've been since I started my company. Right. And it was interesting because when I first worked with our first coach, he said to me, what's your vision? And I said, my vision is to raise two happy, healthy, well-adjusted model adult citizens who are financially independent from me, period. And he told me that's not a vision. I was like, oh no, this company's an existing because those kids need to understand and I need to help them and all that other stuff. So I say that very um, well. I'm also now on the other side of mommyhood. Uh, so I don't have to, I can tell people exactly what happens. Cause I wish I had the manual when I was raising children. So right? God bless you. God bless you for raising four kids. I had two and man, it was a challenging situation. Well, we're kind but, of on the, the good side of it now. Cause all four of them are in college. Um, but so you're on the other side of parenthood. Yeah, we're, we're just on the other side. Our youngest just went to, to, uh, Tulane this year. So we're just on that side now. Good, um, good job. 
Good, Thanks. good job. Cause that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. I found that when I started my company that, I, you know, after I talked about this vision, the coach was like, well, what's your mission? And I was like, well, I want to leave people better than I found them. Because so many people hire coaches or consultants, they waste a lot of time and money. I mean, I did when I lived in corporate America. Yeah. And I thought to myself, it, they don't get anything done. They don't get any results. So if they're going to work with me. I want to make sure they get a result. And I want to make sure that they are better than I found them. Even if they never hire me, I want to make sure they have stuff that they can use that helps them get to where they want to go. So yeah, that became our mission. Unfortunately, we, we run into that, the opposite of that far too often where we come into a company, they've, they have five assessments on the shelf that they've never actually implemented. Um, they just got done with their last consultant and and they're just kind of jaded and bitter, you know, about the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And, and we're like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to try to have some realistic things here that we're going to implement and, and get you back going. But, um, but dealing with the, um, the, the wreckage and carnage of what's left behind is always a problem. Oh yeah, I, it's it is especially for really good consultants and coaches and marketers. It's just it's it's a terrible place to be. I wish my fellow brethren would be better. I don't mean to say that, but I really do wish it was. And so that's where the mission comes from. Is I want to leave you. It came from the first day I started working with the coach and opening up my doors, and we've well, lived it for 22, 22 years ever since. Well, you have to think. I mean, that's the easy part, right? Is coming in and assessing. I mean, that that's. I mean, I can look at something and say this is wrong, this is wrong, or this is wrong. It's the answers that are the hard part. You know, that's where you really got to roll your sleeves up and get to work. You know, what what are the answers that come from those things? Oh well, see, this is what I think to myself, and we, our coach Alan Weiss, who's the rock star of consultants, he would say to me, uh, "Gene, you're you're a great consultant, great coach. You just need to get people to know that you're great. Like you need to go out and talk to people." And to me. You know the answers because you've seen it all before and you understand. And then what you do is you've got a framework. I'm a process improvement girl at the end of the day. So like, how do I improve your process? How do I get you to the, tell me what you want. And I tell this to you all the time, tell me what you want and I'll get you there. It's, it's, maybe it's a superpower, but I find it super easy. Just you tell me what you want. We'll get you there. Okay. Go. It's the outside perspective. Um, you know, I like to say you can't read the label from inside the bottle and that they're handcuffed because they can't see how everybody else sees them. And you come in with this powerful supervision of being able to see them from the outside. And that's where the change happens. Yeah. And that's why I say that people who are coaches and consultants should have coaches and consultants to them. You know, like therapists have a therapist, yes. need, right? So if you're hiring a coach or a consultant, say to them, do you get coaching? Do you have a consultant who works in your organization? Because if they don't run, run, because shoemakers' kids have no shoes. <laughs> they don't. You can't Absolutely. do it for yourself. No. Because you, cause you're, you have blind spots and right. you can't do it for yourself. You just can't. Right. So, you know, that's, that's my, that's my advice for today. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> So one of the things that, you know, as you started this before COVID, then you've gone through COVID and now we're in some weird post-COVID time, how has all of these changes shifted, not just your business, but the people you work with and their growth? What, what are the big differences these days? So this is our natural habitat. Uh, we've been a online company for 10 years uh, so we live, we work virtually. We have people across the United States that we work with uh, who are our employees. So, so we're, so we just were super excited because when the pandemic hit, all of you caught up to us because <laughs> we think this is a great way of living. And we think this is a great way of being able to live a great life. Mm-hmm. What we did was a lot of our clients who we do not, see, we did not see them in person. They saw us this way. Uh, we actually help them 
shift into virtualness and to be able to work virtually, to grow virtually, to find new clients virtually. And now we're in this hybrid place. I actually did a talk in person with a law firm and we did this exercise and I said, okay, if you had your choices of, of being in person, being hundred percent virtual or having hybrid, what would you do? Please go and then talk about the advantages and disadvantages of what you chose. Of the uh, room, two people moved to virtual, five people moved to in-person and the whole rest of the room moved to the back of the room to be virtual, uh, to be hybrid. And I said to them, are you sure? Like, do you want to like get into, this is a huge group. Like there's like 45 people here. Do you right. want to divide into two groups or something? No, 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 we're all going to talk about it. But it was amazing to see how many people want a hybrid situation. And that's really important nowadays as an, an organization is to understand what your people want and need. Challenges is that most of us, and I really want to develop a course around this. We do not know how to uh, lead or manage in a hybrid situation. And nobody does because no one's, we haven't been here before. So I really want to like develop a course to teach people how to lead and manage hybridly because it's really easy. But most people make it so hard because it's easier to have everybody in the office and do things in the office. And, you know, it is. And we, um, you know, we, we passed. I think we, we actually had a big jump during COVID because we were set up for that as well. In a lot of ways, we had um, a very uh, flexible work schedule here. People could work from home if they wanted. We had people working out of, out of city, out of state at times. Um, and so it, it wasn't a big transition for us, but it helped us immensely in the fact that um, Jackie, we both have a bigger market experience from Los Angeles and Seattle. Um, we moved back home to our home state of Louisiana and started an agency and a family and all that. But it was always hard to get in the room of, of bigger markets. You know, they right? just didn't trust. They didn't. They, they had to have you down the hall or down the street or from a big market. But now all of a sudden now we're in front of a CEO from Washington, D.C. and from New York and from L.A. Yeah. And, and, and it's like we were down the room and all of a sudden it was just a different playing field. And we were able to get in the room and then we could pitch evenly and squarely and say, okay, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. And there was a comfort level with that. There's several clients that we've never met face-to-face and we've been working with them for years, but yeah. we feel like we know them intimately. And so that that has been a huge game changer for us. And I'm sure a lot of other uh, companies has taken I, advantage. I, I have to say, I had a client who, a Jersey base, and he said, I can only sell in Jersey. Now he's he was closing clients in California. And right. truth, right? It does level the playing field for those of us who don't want to travel or in different places. And it really... This is normal. And, and here's the other thing. I say to people, um, email is one dimensional. So you don't necessarily get to hear or see what phone is two dimensional. In person is three dimensional and three dimensional is the best. Zoom is 2.5, maybe 2.75. It's good and it's good enough. That's how my, uh, and that's what we teach our clients. It's good enough. So for those who really want to be in person, okay, we can help you on that. But at the end of the day, I think you're so right. I really do. I think you're so right about leveling the playing floor and really opening boundaries. And and we don't call it work from home. We actually tell people to say we work remotely because you can work any place. But when you say you work from home, it's got a different connotation than if you work remotely. Mm -hmm. Even if you're working from home, I'm just working remotely today. Well, it sounds like you're doing laundry. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so answering emails in between loads. And so, yes, we have been work remotely since 2001. See, you're with us. And I think it's a great place to be. And, and I think the, the reason why these, these no offense, but these companies are calling people back to work. Why? Right. 
but don't get me started on that. You know, I know we're here to talk about marketing and branding and caveman branding. Yeah, but is I think it matters. Is it a power thing? Is it a, this is the way it's always been thing? What do you think it is that causes that if I can't physically touch them, then they're not doing their job? Oh, that's caveman brain. Okay. That's, that's the caveman brain is, and think about how we're trained. You know, so if I see you, you must be doing something. But if I don't see you, you must not be doing anything. And of course, as parents, you know, that's so truth, right? Well, if I see right. you, I, you're, I got eyeballs on you. Right. And you know, you're being watched. But nowadays with AI and lots of software, you can track what I'm doing from home, you know, like. Or and maybe just hire people you trust that you don't have to track. There you go. I like that even better. Well, from right. my, my perspective, it, it's a little, I mean, I, I've been the last one to um, roll into this and Jackie's always kind of been on me about it because, you know, finding talent has been tough lately and um, we've had to go outside <laughs> of our market to find it. And um, it is harder from, a, I think, a creative management part only because of process, you know, like you have to be comfortable with getting online. Like I finally set up my Zoom to where I have all my contacts in the office and I can literally call them and say, okay, jump on a call and I can show you something. And I don't have to go to yeah. their desk and talk about it and say, let me see this or that. And and then just the whole save down, send process, we can do it on the screen, but we have to get in the habit of doing those things and, and understanding that process that it literally is a phone call away. You just have to be okay with that extra step getting there, you know? So when we we tell people is to get a Zoom room and keep it open all day, and then you jump in and out, and we actually use Slack. So we're like, jump into our Zoom room. Like the Zoom just stays open all day. Wow. And everybody has their own Zoom room. So we have one that's just for the company and everyone jumps in when we need to. And we can invite them from Zoom if we want to. I chuckle. It's like, people are like, Zoom? What's this Zoom thing? I'm like, hey, we've been using Zoom for tons of years. So We used it when it was called Skype. That's all right. We used it. We didn't use it. We used to use something called instant teleseminar and Ooh. instant teleseminar uh, seminar was to do seminars by the phone. So sure. once they got to video, we were like all in. And I think here's the other thing. Um, and really from a marketing point of view is you've got to stay on the cutting edge. And I yeah. think it's harder for all of us as we're older. Like I think about when I was in advertising 20 years ago, I knew everything, but now I don't. And the reality is you got to hire a 13 year old to manage your Instagram because they know it way better than we do. Right. Well, you know, we so. work primarily with um, B2B companies. And so we get asked that a lot, like, you know, what do you think about TikTok? And I'm like, I think your business shouldn't be on TikTok. You are a water processing plant. No one cares. Please don't be on TikTok. Please be where your clients are. Right. It's all, right. Because that's where you should be is where your clients are hanging out. Right. right. And I have to tell you, interestingly enough, because we would, we've been a podcast guest in a lot of different places. I think to myself, do my clients really listen to podcasting? And I actually ask them to listen to podcasting because if you're not, I don't want to hang out here. Not right. no offense, but you know. No, I get it. I totally get it. I agree. <laughs> we had to do that self-assessment of, you know, we've been doing the podcast since 09. For a long time, it was just me. Then the first year of COVID, Michael and I did it together live. Oh, how because cool is that? It was amazing, actually. We did it once a week for one hour totally live. And our views went through the roof because people didn't have other things to do. Yeah. Um, and so then when we went back to pre-recorded, it was like, okay, how are we going to um, adjust? We're going to keep doing it together because we like that part. That part's fun for us, but we'll go back to pre-recorded and releasing it on schedule like the way people expect. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You, know, you got to train. You also have to train your audience to find you where you are. Right? right. Isn't that important? Yeah. So I think the pandemic has changed a lot of things and I'm interested to see what happens in post pandemic and see where, where it goes. And I, 
think that the older generation is is may be able to make it stick for a little bit of time, but I think the younger generation is going to change that when they get in there, right, as soon as they possibly can, right. And right. you know that you've got college kids, so you know how they operate. Yeah. No, yeah. we don't. That's 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 the problem. <laughs> yes, we do. That's the problem. We don't know how they operate. I, I don't know where that's going to all end up. You know, I mean, like I said, I think um, it's funny talking about your kids and Jackie. Y'all are very similar in that respect. I mean, they had they all had bank accounts and they were like seven. Um, yeah. like they had to put money in themselves. They had to yeah. go to the bank. And I mean, it was yeah. all money management. Like they, you know, every time they got money from somebody, half of it had to go to the bank. It was just a lot of, you know, adult stuff early on, teach them certain yeah. things. And I think they've been raised right. And I think they're all smart. But then every once in a while, they'll do something. And I'm like, oh, my God, are, are you are you going to be OK? Are you going to, are you going to figure things out in this world? And I think they will. Um, and I'm hoping they will, but I think there is a, a generational shift right now. And um, I think it's yeah. part of, you know, hiring people and finding the right people and do people, I don't think it's that people don't want to work. They're just more selective and they're more peculiar about what they want. They're not willing to kind of uh, tough it out. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go in there and do this because if it's not what I want, I'm not going to do it. So do you remember, and you probably will appreciate this when I, to advertising and I worked in advertising, you got there and you worked, I mean, I can't tell you how many late nights I was in advertising. You put as much hours as you in. Mm-hmm. I'm working with a law firm uh, because we're working with them in their new business development. And the managing partner says, I'm really angry at my partners. And I was like, really, why? He goes, because they won't work one hour over, over the billable hours that they're supposed to. And how are we going to grow this business? All right. That's interesting. Right. So that's a challenge. So now right. I go talk to the partners. Oh, tell me what they did. And I'm like, that's the that's what they said. That's what they told us to do. They set that that metric. I've met the metric. Is there any incentive for me to make more of the metric? If you wanted me to make a bigger metric, why don't you make the metric bigger? And so the managing partner is an older generation where you put on, you know, like you work as hard as you can all the time. Partner is a younger generation. You told me what to do. I met the what you told me to do. I'm now going to go out and play golf and hang out with my kids and sail my boat and do things because life is important. I don't need to be here all the time. And that's a really interesting thing because now I'm going back to the managing partner. I'm like, look, you set the mark. He met the mark. They've all met the mark. What's your, what are you unhappy about? Why? Because they're not overgoing the mark. Well then change the mark, make it increase it. Such an inter- and it's like such an interesting caveman brain conversation and an interesting intergenerational conversation as well because the generations we have what five generations for the first time ever in the marketplace. All, all I know is that Jackie is going to be calling me a caveman now several times a day. That's <laughs> you have now entered our vernacular and our, our glossary terms, and that's going to be don't think like a caveman. You know, so I'm going to tell you this, Michael, I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to tell you this, my, our clients, when they learn about the caveman brain system, what they do is they'll call me if they're like, Dr. Jean, I have caveman brain or I'm caveman braining or this is a caveman brain situation. I'm caveman brainly. I'm like, so it's now an adverb. It's a verb. It's a noun. It's an adjective. So yeah, you just have caveman brain. And it's funny because you can hear when you should learn it, you're like, oh, there it is. You just have to be careful in pointing it out to people all the time. Cause you know, you know, it's up to them if they want to change or not. Well, so is that, be... I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, no, is it, um, you know, when, when on that note is part of the caveman brain also, cause when you were talking about it earlier, I thought about it, but um, I was trying to figure out how to put it in the right words, but your limitations, understanding your limitations, understanding that I am only this much and I, maybe I am a caveman and I have to go figure things out more. I have to, I have to become more educated. I have to find better people. I have to find better ways. You know what I'm saying? Understanding who you are in that, in that world. 
Oh, yeah. So um, caveman brain will always put limitations on you. It wants you to live in the easiest, comfiest place. It's the lowest common denominator. And if you, again, a question, I read a book about an Olympian and it was a 350 page book. Here's what I remember. Okay. One of the only, there's only two things. And this is the one thing that's relevant. Humans are like horses. They're lazy and they have to be motivated every single day to do the thing that you want to do. So if you think about your horse, you got to motivate it every single day to do anything. But horses are like humans. They're lazy, which means humans are lazy, which means we have to motivate ourselves every single day to do something that we want to do. And some people are really good about doing all the hard stuff and are disciplined. I mean, we have a coach that I look, I, I say to her, like, I want to be coached by you. You're amazing. She's just killing it. And then there are other people who are, they can hardly get out of bed. So how do you self-motivate? And that's actually self-motivation. I really truly believe is something you're born with. You can change it. You can adapt it. There is definitely a level that you start with. And then it's up to you to decide if you want to move forward or not. I've seen that with our kids. I've seen that with my employees. I've seen that with our clients. Some people are like, yeah, I'm all in. Other people are like, yeah, it's good enough. So the fact is that, yes, we, we start with limitations. And then you have to decide if you want to keep that limitation or not. We say that caveman brain comes from four places. It comes from your childhood, from your parents, from your culture, and your life experiences. Once you understand why you do what you do, then it's up to decide, to you decide, do I want to keep that? Because it works for me. We actually say, is it serving you or not? And if it's not serving you, the limitation, then it's time for you to change it. If it's serving you, then keep it because it works for you. And that's um, really the most important part. The long pauses you're hearing on our end is because you're making us think very hard about a lot of things, I think. We're both like, I see Jackie's face and we're like... Oh my God, that's interesting. Where do I, where do I, where do I go with that? <laughs> no, it's because I know who the caveman brain is not serving Michael, but he wants to hold on to it and not let it go because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because, you know, the fact is, is that we teach people this. You need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I spent a year learning how to be comfortable in uncomfortableness. Best book I ever read on this is called Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzner. First of all, it's it's easy, super read, laugh out loud funny. Like I was laughing on the plane when I read it. And it's an older book, but Jesse Itzner is the guy who created Coconut Water and he's an entrepreneur and he was feeling like he wasn't doing as well as he could. So he hired a Navy SEAL to come in for 30 days who lived with him. And the Navy SEAL said, you will do everything I tell you to do. And if you don't, this is over. So the things that... and um, the way the book's written is SEAL. That's what he called him. It's all in big capital letters. So SEAL says, SEAL says this, SEAL says that. And I made my daughter and my son read this book. Now, the both I said to him, here's this book. I want you to read it whenever you get a chance. And they were resistant for a long period of time. Eventually, my daughter read it. My son never did. That's fine. And now my daughter will say, well, SEAL says this, mom. I'm like, I know. Because SEAL said is like the code word for I'm uncomfortable. But SEAL says it's gonna, if you do this, you're going to be okay. SEAL says this. So I would suggest that if you're having a challenge of becoming comfortable and and being uncomfortable, then read Living with a Seal. It's such a wonderful book. I love that. So I don't want you to ruin the ending, but did it work? Oh, yeah. Totally. 100%. 
uh, absolutely changed his life in 30 days. And you kind of think to yourself, like, would you do that? Like, would I, like, what would you do? Would you, yeah, it, it's, um, it, and it definitely changed my life too. There's certain things that from that book, then I looked at what I was doing in my life and what could, what could I change? And, uh, Michael, you won't appreciate this, but Jackie, you might, I was always cold. Seal says you can always get warmer, but you cannot get any cooler. So now cold is just a state of mind is what Seal says. So right. now I'm never cold because cold is a state of mind. When you can just get warmer. You can just get warmer. <laughs> I love that. I am also always cold. I think it's a thyroid thing, but I'm going to think about it in a whole new way now. Yeah, me too. I used to think that too, but now it's just, I'm warm. Right. I'm, I'm super warm is how I'm thinking about it. And that's what also led into a lot of what caveman brain, because that's just a caveman brain saying, staying. I'm cold and well, okay, you can always get warmer. Seal says. Right. Yeah. How do you, I think um, Michael married me because my hands are always cold and he likes me to put them on his eyes because he gets sick. <laughs> so I don't want to go too warm because that would ruin everything. No, I understand. True. Well, but the fact is your hands can be cold. Right. Uh, but I don't necessarily have to feel cold. Right. Every once in a while, I think we I think we share too much, Jackie. <laughs> it's what makes you all so fabulous, and just you know, the fact is, that people want to know who you are, and it just it's such a wonderful podcast to be able to know who the two of you are. And it, I think I don't think you're oversharing at all. I think it's great. People just want to <laughs> thank, know more. You. <laughs> thank you. Uh, what about um, so? Let's let me ask you this real quick because all of this stuff is very heady in a way for some people. I think for me, even you know, it's like you know, I do this every day, and but if you're let's say you're thinking, oh, that's just for a big corporate business or a big CEO boardroom. But if you're just a business owner, you know, and, and how do you in, incorporate some of this stuff into your day to day? So interesting. We love business owners the best. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right that now we're as a business owner, I, I, I understand business owners and I love working with business owners. You know, big corporate names are fun because you can say, I work with this big corporate name. But the reality is, is that the biggest impact you can make is into businesses. You know, and I don't even call them small business because small is, we're just business owners. You're either a corporation or you're a business owner. You're not small. Stop being small. I hate when people are like, oh, I'm a small business owner. Really? How big mm -hmm. of your company? Oh, I run a $50 million company. Oh, I'm not so sure that's a small. <laughs> it's not small. <laughs> right? Because, you know, what is, because small is a relative term, right? Small might be a million dollars. Small might be $500,000. But, you know, small is 50000 because you're looking at a billion. Yeah, I, just run a company. Be a business owner. I run a business. Call a day. So I think as business owners, what happens is we get so fixated on a lot of things like running the company, doing all the work, doing all the strategy. And we often forget about us as people. And so you have, as uh, you need to take time to be able to find things for yourself. So how do you how do you do that? And I think the best thing is what I say to people is start with a list. What are the things that are really that you like and that you like work that are really working for you? And what's what do you don't like and what's not working for you? And interestingly enough, we just did this yesterday with my CFO, my COO, and myself. We sat down and we're like, okay, Dr. Jean, we need to talk to you about your leadership and your company. I was like, okay, what do we need to do? And they're like, we don't think you're having enough fun at work. Well, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. And we think that you need more, uh, we need, you need more recovery time. We talk a lot about having recovery time. I'm like, well, okay. So now we talked about what do we need to do to change the business? And I've surrounded myself with really good people. If you don't have that kind of thing and you're a solopreneur, mastermind, accountability partner, coach can help you do all of that. But I really think having, as Jackie said, that outside voice that's willing to call you out on your stuff and then say, is that something I need to change? And if I did, what would the outcome be? Right. 
what's my challenges? What outcome? What do I want to achieve? And how did, how are we going to make that happen? What concerns do I have of anything? And then to really work on, you know, spend some time to work on it. Uh, I talk to my coach every week for two hours, every week for two hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I talk to my coach and I've worked with the same coach for three years, uh, sorry, for seven years now. I've, I've hired other different coaches, but I have now one really main coach. I used sometimes to talk to her for three hours every week without fail, two hours. That's awesome though. I mean, mm-hmm. what great feedback and input and that'd be great. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we recently incorporated that. Not not to that level, but um, we had a um, a workshop that we had for our, our team, and we brought in a um, a friend who is also a counselor, and coach. Um, yeah, and turning more into a coach now, I think, uh, because she's really good at it, and she did a great job with us of really kind of um, taking us out of our our comfort zone and putting us into an open space where we were all communicating, and we've kept her on um, for future endeavors and for even. I think she's already a personal coach to Jackie, um, but just because they they confide each other and talk about life, you know, and, and work and such. But in that capacity, I think it, it's exactly that. It's having that. I don't know. It's like a a, a wooby, you know, having like a comfort, like a, <laughs> just having something that makes you feel good, you know, having somebody to bounce something off of that that's not reliant on on the answer, you know. So I'm going to say two things. Uh, we act as a corporate or uh, a business coach for a lot of our organizations. So anybody in the organization can call us up and ask us a question and, and get help. And I might suggest you offer that to your employees as well. Uh, having a, a coach in the business helps not just you as the business owner, but it helps your employees too, because they have things that they can't talk to you about. But in terms of the Wooby and the comfortableness, um, I'm going to tell you that I will uh, take a two by four to your head. And then I'll give you a kiss afterwards. I'm not, you're like, I'm truth teller. I'm, I don't sugarcoat stuff. But that's part fact, of it though. Right. You, I mean, I'm here to make you, I'm here to tell you, right. I, yeah. I'm telling you that you have no clothes on. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's get some jeans. Oh yeah. yeah. By no means I meant that somebody just going to whisper soft things in your ear. It's like somebody that tells yeah. you the truth and gives you that, that, that reality check of, okay, I didn't see it that way. You know, I think that's the comfort level that that's what comes from that is being able to share you know, the anxieties or problems that you may have and somebody that says, hold up a mirror and say, look, look, look here first, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think if more businesses had that kind of person in there for their owners and or for the employees, you'd have much better run companies and much healthier companies as well. Cause I think a lot of companies are just unhealthy. Yep. You know, and it, it's interesting uh, for me watching that show billions Mm-hmm. Um, was really kind of the catalyst of realizing the power and the benefit of having somebody in-house who works with not just the leader, but everybody on the team at at will. Now, I don't think that we um, have some of the same challenges that that company does, uh, <laughs> nor do we have the same profit center, don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, bringing Melissa in starting last year and having this kind of split between professional development and ongoing coaching I'm already seeing the difference in how we communicate with each other on how we do our jobs. And we, um, we made a bad hire a couple of months ago and we didn't follow the steps we had talked about. We didn't do the things we knew we were going to do. I know, I know, I know it's all my fault anyway. Um, but what was great was it was immediate that one of these things is not like the other because we have this great sense of accountability and this great sense of um, support of each other and this really uh, Im- important um, need to help each other. And this new hire 
did not feel that way. It was throw Mm -hmm. people under the bus, CYA, not be helpful. And I thought, oh, it's working. We are all definitely (laughs) heading in this one direction together. And you can tell when somebody's not on that path with us. And that makes you a more profitable company. So a lot of of people are, you know, how do you make money from that? Well, when you have people who are, who are all stroking in the right direction, we call it hit the ball, drag Fred. When you're standing at the bat at the bait at the home plate and you you hit the ball and you got a big gym rope and there's 14 people on it and they're looking at 17 different ways and you got to drive them all to first base. You can't run a company that way. But when everybody's running with you and you're running first base, you're you're faster, you're more profitable, you're more efficient, you're more effective. People are more engaged and research shows that makes you all a better company. But for some reason, entrepreneurs are resistant to that. I'm not really sure why, but they are. I don't know That's why either. Game brain. That is caveman brain because it's so much better when you're all together. Yeah, well, but there's a, a thing. A god myself, complex in there too. Well, yeah, yeah, like it's the god complex. Like I am, I am the smartest person in the room. And then when you think you're the smartest person in the room, nobody else will make sense to you. You have to, you have to understand that maybe you're not the smartest person in the room and that you may need help with certain areas. Like I am really good at what I do. I'm, I write great messaging. I'm, I'm a good um, copywriter. I'm a good designer. I, I, I know the things that I'm very comfortable with. I am a horrible manager. I'm, I suck at it. I mean, I, and, I'm, and I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm really am no, bad. That's but, just a fact. You're staying a yeah, fact. It's just yes, true. Yes. And so I've, I've had to work at that and get better at it and 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 lean on people and um and and ask the right advice and things like that. You have to know your your weaknesses and shortcomings too. You know. Oh yeah, and I think we we actually coined something called the smart person syndrome. So smart person syndrome from the time we go to school to the time we graduate, we're taught the person who raises their hand the fastest. And answers the correction the question correctly is the smartest person in the room. So we are conditioned to be the smartest person in the room. As entrepreneurs, we want to be super smart because we're running this company. The reality is is that when you're more vulnerable, when you get more uncomfortable, and when you can learn to meet people where they're at, Mm -hmm. those three things makes a huge difference in how you run an organization. And if you can get down to those places and hiring really good people around you, whether it's coaches or staff or and the fact is and allow them to do their thing and i we see it all the time right now that we're working with and i i was talking to this this, the challenge and she said yeah yeah and i was like the people really want a great company but the owners all over the place and she said to me yeah how do we fix that like okay now i know what the situation is and we've only been there like a month okay let's fix the honor right well and it's it's amazing to me when i realize um not just how it infiltrates the team here in the building and the people who are off-site um that we work with remotely but our clients too we Uh, present ourselves differently to them. They interact with us differently. It's a healthier, better relationship. It's like marriage counseling for business relationships. Yeah, it is. That's why being a business psychologist is so awesome. And the fact is, is that people don't take things the wrong way because you're able to communicate in a style that makes sense to people. So like we talk about caveman brain communication. If you start to state your intent, like you said to me, you know, that's, that's something I believe. I'm like, yeah, it's fact for you. Right. That's your that you believe you need to be better as a manager. And that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But if I don't tell you that this is something that I believe in and that this is this is where I'm coming from. So I don't mean to be pushy or direct around this. It's just I want you to understand this information. Our brains are like file cabinets. We have a gajillion file cabinets. We got to tell people what file cabinet to go to. 
what file to pull out and what piece of paper to look at. And when you do that and do communication style and know how to do that, and that's really why your coach is working so well because she's helping you do all that stuff. So right. bravo to you. Well done you. Both Thank of you. you. Thank you. I'll take all the accolades uh, you want to dish out because I love that. It's not my love language, but I appreciate it. Uh, I am stunned that we have been doing this for 58 minutes because I would have sworn it was about 18. I had to go back and look at my calendar. I'm like, no, we really did start at 1130. That is shocking to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like, do you say that to everybody? <laughs> here's no. my caveman brain. <laughs> no, here's the thing. You can go listen to previous episodes. I've never said that to anybody. <laughs> blown by, mostly because Michael has participated so much. And so when oh, he thanks, does Michael. that, yeah, but you know, he's in, when he's into a topic, he's in, and I have to just take a step back and let him be in. Well, you can see his wheels. If, if you, if you oh, can see yes. this, you can see his wheels are definitely, he's, he's thinking, oh, yes. you're all going to oh, have yes. great conversation after this. Yes. Where I tell him that he's a Neanderthal. I yeah. can't wait. That no, is no, 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 no. Tell, tell him that he's an enlightened man. You know, the fact well, is, is that there needs to be more enlightened men in the world. And and then the fact that he's around women all the time, that makes him, that all automatically makes him an enlightened man. So, oh, I mean, yeah, mom, four sisters, you know, wife, raising three daughters. Most of our company is female. He does slip into that little caveman brain every once in a while. <laughs> so we all. <laughs> Listen, my, my boyfriend says to me, Jean, you teach caveman brain all the time, but you have a lot of it. I'm like, of course I do. You know, like, that's because it's there to make sure you don't die. We all have caveman brain. And it, it's interesting because all the things in my business, uh, now I'm learning how to put into my personal and it all works in the same way. So awesome. I have to thank you for your time. Um, even though we went over, I appreciate you rolling with us um, because I didn't want to stop. Like there was too many topics. And, you know, ultimately, I know how much Michael and I got over this. And I think that everybody listening did as well. So, Dr. Jean, thank you for being here and thank you for your contributions. Tell the people where they can go to learn more. So you can go to capemanbrain.com. We have uh, tools that you can download and use for free. It's things that we use with our clients, like the six killer questions plus the bonus question. Uh, we also have free training because we really do believe you should leave you better than we found you. And you can sign up for our coaching or our classes just by going to cavemanbrain.com. So this has been such a fun. Again, I'm sorry. I feel like I should say, I'm sorry I went over, but it's been such a great conversation. It's just, thank you. It, you are just both spectacular people. So thank you. You're delightful. Don't apologize. Done. <laughs> Dr. Jean, thank you for your time. Everyone listening, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks. <laughs>